it's about um four four seventeen, four eighteen, and I just woke up to I don't know what my ears just started ringing and I have this weird pressuring sensation especially in my right ear it feels a little I don't know how to explain it but heavy or pressurized in this room like my ears feel like they're about to pop and I just I just noticed on the front door of this hotel room that I just saw his shadow zip from the left side of the door to the opposite end of the room On today's episode of Holly Weird Paranormal, we travel to Old Town San Diego as we stay the night at the haunted Cosmopolitan Hotel. Let's go hang out with Zachariah the Witch and Rich's Brew LA as we participate in their interactive haunt experience and performance of Ghosts of the Past, which just so happened to be set at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Let's sit down with Bryce as we learn a little bit about the history of the hotel and let's hear the ghost stories from Zachariah the Witch. Join me as I investigate and brave the night in one of the most haunted rooms of the hotel, room 11, also known as the Isadora Suite. Is it true that the ghost of Isadora Bandini, the daughter of the first owner of the property, makes her presence known in the room. And by the sound of the intro, I think she may have made communication. Who knows? You gotta tune in to find out. Join me as we interview the actors of Ghosts of the Past and listen to their personal experiences of what they've gone through at the hotel, along with the ghost stories of Old Town San Diego. You definitely don't want to miss out on the spooks and the spirits. Let's see what the ghosts of the past have in store for us. So pack an overnight bag and your K2 as we head to Old Town San Diego to hang out with our friends Zachariah the Witch and Witches Brew LA as we hang with ghosts of the past. Wish I could feel what I can't see. Float like a butterfly, scream like a banshee. Something's hiding in the pantry. But I can't find it, so would you please enchant me? guys it's tammy here and real quickly i just wanted to share some exciting news with you all we have partnered up with an amazing company called jupiter jupiter is a company based out of the u.s and they produce some amazing organic cbd drops if you're one of the 90 percent of us who feel stressed it's time to try jupiter their usda organic cbd drops help you feel relaxed and happy without any high so it's time to invest in yourself. Now what we found very unique and found comforting about Jupiter is that the products are made in the USA. They're carefully crafted from single origin family farms. They're sustainable, triple lab tested, 
and their hemp extract is made with only flowers, the most valuable part of the plant. They're also certified organic, meaning they're 100% USDA certified, all natural, vegan, and non-GMO. Another great detail about Jupiter CBD drops is that they offer three types of strengths. You can opt for the low, the medium, or the strong, which is 450 milligram to 1350 milligram. I'm currently on the medium, which is 900, and I absolutely love it. It has definitely helped me out with my depression. It's helped me create a better sleep cycle, and it's definitely offered me a ton of clarity. Now, it's guaranteed stress relief, it offers a fresh mint flavor, and there's a 30-day risk-free trial and free shipping and free returns if you are not up for the product. If it doesn't work out for you, it's absolutely okay. To learn more about Jupiter, head on over to getjupiter.com. That's getjupiter.com. Use the code TAM, T-A-M, to save 20% off your first order. Feel calm, focused, and happy. It's time to let go of your stress with Jupiter Organic CBD Drops. Now, on with the show. Hey guys, just as a side note, these recordings were conducted on October the 18th through the 19th of 2020 in Old Town San Diego at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Now, these were interviews that I collected and performances I collected as well. I wanted to record in real time, so please disregard any outside noise pollution. This is kind of like a documentary-based interview and podcast episode. The performances and haunt experiences were written and produced by Zachariah the Witch and Witches Brew LA for Ghosts of the Past which was a socially distant event and haunt experience. For more information on the event Ghosts of the Past, please feel free to go to www.witchesbrewla.com for more info or their Instagram at witchesbrewla. They do have another event set for the weekend of Halloween at the Haunted Heritage Square. And as another side note, no spooks and spirits were injured during this performance. Now, let's get Hollyweird. Between 1827 and 1829, a cattle rancher by the name of Don Juan Bandini had a U-shaped home built off one corner of the old plaza of Old Town San Diego. Compared to most of the other modest adobes, Casa de Bandini was a grand mansion and the social center of town. The rooms had thick, insulating adobe walls. The ceilings were covered on the insides with heavy muslin to trap insects, dirt, and straw that fell from the thatch roof. Construction of the casa was a colossal undertaking. It contains an estimated 10,000 adobe bricks weighing as much as 60 pounds each. The heavy labor was most likely performed by Christianized Indians hired from the local mission. We also call those slaves, but sure. <laughs> Bandini was known for his elegant dress and gracious demeanor. He was said to be a charming public speaker, fluent writer, fair musician, and fine horseman. However, Juan Bandini and his home are most fondly remembered for hosting grand, week-long fandangos or dance parties. I can't even last, like, a four-hour-long Fandango, so good for them. A full week is chaos. But after the United States wrested control of California from Mexico in the 1840s, many Californians struggled to adapt to the rapid and dramatic shift from a Mexican cattle ranching economy 
to an American merchant-based economy, and Juan Bandini was no exception. Throughout the 1850s, his wealth and health faded. In 1859, he sold his beloved home in an effort to pay off debts and died just months thereafter. In 1869, American stagecoach operator Albert Seeley purchased the dilapidated home for $2,000 in gold coin with plans to build a stagecoach stop and a hotel. His wife, Emily, had recently inherited $8,000, which is like a billion dollars in 2020 currency, but okay. And she used this to build a second story, which was modeled in a Greek revival theme. The second story was well-constructed, but not actually attached to the lower adobe level. It just rested on top of the adobe walls, which in a earthquake-ridden area, I can't imagine what could possibly go wrong with that idea. The Seelys also enlarged the downstairs parlor in order to serve meals and to provide a gathering place for guests. The building featured a saloon, sitting room, billiards room, and a barbershop and post office. The Cosmopolitan Hotel's main attraction was its balcony that wrapped around the second story, a grandstand from which guests enjoyed watching a variety of amusements on the plaza, such as Fourth of July celebrations, mule team races, circuses, and even bullfights and bear fights. By the early 1870s, Albert and Emily's social standing rose, and the building once again became the social center of town. The room was the scene of galas, balls, dances, raffles, family reunions, and weddings. As the railroad spread, Seeley's stagecoach operation gradually became obsolete. A tragic fire on the opposite side of the plaza sealed Old Town's fate. The social, political, and cultural center of San Diego shifted from Old Town to the newly established New Town, which, again, not super original names, but okay, the gas lamp quarter of today's downtown. Seeley sold the building in 1888, and it once again fell into disrepair. In 1928, Don Juan Bandini's grandson, Cave J. Couts Jr., love the name Cave, bought the property in order to restore it as a memorial to his mother, Isadora Bandini de Couts. By 1930, the building was wired for electricity and gas. Cave J. Couts Jr. renaming the building as the Myanmar Hotel and Restaurant, or the Miramar, sorry, that is me culturally appropriating words. In 1945, James H. and Nora Cardwell purchased the Bandini property. During the 1950s, their son Frank renovated the building into an upscale tourist motel. The Cosmopolitan reopened for business as a hotel and a restaurant on July 21, 2010, after massive restorations to revitalize it to its original 1870s grandeur. By August of 2011, owner Joseph Muyeso had sold a majority of ownership over to Catherine Miller. In July of 2013, the Cosmo was taken over by Old Town Family Hospitality Corporation owner and president Chuck Ross, who also operates two restaurants in Old Town San Diego State Historic Park, Casa de Reyes and Barra Barra Saloon. Since the opening, there have been many guests and staff of the hotel who have claimed that the Cosmopolitan is haunted. I mean, how could it not be at this point? The Cosmopolitan Hotel is reportedly haunted with multiple friendly spirits in its guest rooms, including a cat who roams, Isadora Bandini's ghost, the daughter of the original proprietor in room 11, and the spirit of a lady in red in rooms 4 and 5, just to name a few. There is also the story of guests seeing and even being visited by a ghost cat in their suites. Don Juan Bandini is a ghost who is known to touch the ladies, so that seems totally appropriate in today's society. I'm sure that's fine. 
I can't believe y'all are spending the night in room 11, so good luck to you and to Zachariah. I will be resting comfortably here in my non-haunted bedroom. Love y'all. you holly weirdos let's pack up my car and head on over to old town san diego it's sunday october 18th and the time is 1 30. i'm a little nervous about attending this event considering what i found out about the hotel room i'm about to stay in a little backstory about this trip a couple of days ago zachariah the witch our friend and our past guest and head witch had contacted me and had asked me if I was interested in staying the night at the infamous Cosmopolitan Hotel for his performance and production of Ghosts of the Past that he had written and co-produced with Witches Brew LA. And what was so interesting about this event is the fact that it was a socially distanced event and it was going to be a haunt experience. It was also going to be a performance that collaborated with the history attached to the Cosmopolitan Hotel, which I found very fascinating. And anything that comes out of the mind of Zachariah the Witch and Witches Brew LA is frightfully brilliant. Unfortunately, Bryce couldn't join me on this trip, and I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, he's scared, he's so scared. Actually, he really wanted to join but unfortunately someone at his job had contracted COVID and he had to be um, in quarantine for a couple of weeks. So we didn't want to take any risks whatsoever. Now my worries for Bryce, my co-host, my buddy would soon be overlapped by a text message that I would receive from Zachariah the day before my trip. As I was going over my equipment and the clothes that I was going to pack for the next day, I get a text message on my phone. I open my phone and then I notice a bit of a long text message from Zachariah the Witch. True story, we're here setting up and just heard from the manager that a couple checked into the hotel from Arizona. Last night they checked out spontaneously and very quickly in the middle of the night because a woman was whispering in Spanish while they tried to sleep. So they got the F out of there. It was the Isadora suite, where you're staying. You're welcome. Laughing emoji, candle emoji, bride emoji. Great. I thought to myself, well, gotta pack a lot of salt, and good thing I know Spanish. It turned out that the couple had originally reserved the room from Friday till Sunday morning, and they barely survived Saturday morning. Something or someone was in the room with them, and it scared them out of the room. Out of room 11. Hi, you're Jean? D-E-E. Dean, okay. Yes. Nice to meet you, Dean. My pleasure. And so... The time is 3.45 p.m. I made it in great time. All the way over here from L.A. to San Diego. No traffic. Made it to the Cosmopolitan Hotel and met with the manager, Dean, who I'm speaking to right now as he's checking me in. We're coordinating parking. Parking's a little tricky around Old Town San Diego. Actually, the entire city of San Diego. But back in the 1800s, I'm sure that that wasn't a problem. 
Dean proceeds to check me in and hand me over the keys to the gate and also my room, along with directions on how to get to my room. And then I ask him the million dollar question. Do you know if the couple there survived last night? Uh, they, they came and picked him up this morning. Hey. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> I don't know which hospital it was, but... Uh... So a little backstory. My friend Michelle actually nabbed the room for Saturday night. She reserved it for her and her girlfriend to participate in Ghosts of the Past and do a ghost tour and stay in the haunted hotel. She noticed in a post that I made on Instagram that I'll be staying there Sunday. I asked her if she had any stories connected to the room and respectfully she said, no, I'd rather you go and experience, which I'm all about. But then she did mention to me one story based on her text message. Basically, we unpacked everything in the room. We went out to go get our friends close by to hang out before the event. Before we left, we set up a camera in the corner of our chair and a mic. Originally, I was going to leave the chair in the corner by the door, but we moved to the opposite wall. When we came back to check on things, we couldn't open the door. Christine, my five foot nine girlfriend, went to open the door and there was a ton of resistance. She said like someone was pushing back. Originally, I thought it was the chair, but I was like, no, it's not. We didn't leave it there. She said someone pushed back hard. She pushed me to show how hard and it moved me from my place. I panicked and she finally got in. There was no one behind the door. We tried again and again. No resistance. I've gone in and out since with no issues. So I just finally made it to the room and I'm opening up the door. Kind of nervous to see what's behind the door, if there's any resistance. So I just made it inside the Isadora room. And it's very nice and cool. Cute and cozy. There is a closet that is locked. I have a chair and a table on my right here. Everything looks pretty clean, very old-fashioned, very put together. Hola, yo soy Tami. Now it's time to introduce myself to whatever's in that room and establishing my boundaries. Mire. Yo tengo mucho respeto para ti. Yo quiero que tú tienes respeto para mí. Set my things down right here. I still have to go grab my bag. Oh, can I go outside? Oh, okay. I thought that was an entrance to a patio. But everything looks really cool. I'm really digging the shower. After I give myself a little tour of the room, I begin to unwind, get adjusted, and start to unpack a little bit. I finally get a text message from Zachariah the Witch to meet him downstairs outside in the patio. And then we begin our tour inside the hotel. It's really exciting because we have full access to this entire building. But not only does Zachariah give me the tour and a little history lesson of the property, but he also includes a lot of haunted history. This is the original dining room because these are original adobe walls with the beams and then nothing has been built over it. Right. And there's a photo of a young lady. She was sitting like here facing through this doorway. And the portrait is in that spot. And right in between that like wooden beam and the portrait uh-huh. is the side profile of a guy like walking and his head is blurry. Oh and he has my a God. pinstripe suit on. Much like that. See the stripes on it? 
Yeah. Oh my god. Like dark complexion, dark hair. So just like Mr. Bandini. Just like him. And he loves the ladies, apparently. His eyes will follow you. Um, yeah, a lot of women will feel looking right at me. Their um <laughs> their hair be touched. But he was a charmer. He had three daughters, you know. Yeah. He bought up this land, he built his U-shaped home. And um, then Mr. Seeley and his wife, about 50 years later, saw that this place was in disrepair because Bandini died of an illness shortly after he paid off debt by selling this property. Yeah. Um, they were they the bought one. it up and they made it two stories. Right. So now it's the Cosmopolitan. But, I mean, the activity is just nonstop. And because That's been, what I keep on hearing. Because and... we've been talking about them so much, because so many people are, like, this hotel's booked 100%. So there's so much energy charged. And then these fucking walls, you know? Yeah. Well, the walls have gone through so much, you know? The Seelys put the wallpaper. They kind of Americanized it. But I was told, too, that the Seelys had a son that committed suicide here mm. in one of the rooms. So Yeah. There's I, a room where um, people also feel like they know it's not a person. And there's a cat. There's ghost photos of a cat. Yeah. A white cat. That um, one is deaf. I heard that one is the top one that people feel and yeah. sense. I actually felt something by my feet last night. It got really cold. And I no way. My, I actually shut my AC off on purpose to see what would happen. Well. And I felt cold around my feet, like it was curling up by my feet. Well, I put my Eddie on, and it was and went from a seventy two point five to now to when I was like sitting yeah. in bed sixty, oh sixty three point five. This room though, like this walking through here. People always hear footsteps. Like if they're outside that door, they, they're like, I could have sworn I saw somebody walk by the door. I'm wondering if a lot of the flooring was original. I heard that... Wood absorbs a lot. Yeah, 80% of what they found in restoration was a part of the adobe. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and So the original corner of the adobe, I guess. Because it was U-shaped. Yeah. This is the U. I think it was like right over there. Because there's a plaque over there that states like where the original piece was that was collapsing that they had to repair. Oh, wow. So, yeah. How's your, how's your suite? Oh, my suite is very cold. Okay. It's very, I feel anxious, and I don't know if it's because of my nerves. Yeah. But the girls that were staying there, I know them, and they were like, yeah, we're staying in your room. Mm-hmm. And she was telling me, she's actually pretty sensitive. They're like, we're not going to tell you anything, but That's the good. one thing we're going to tell you is we had one interesting thing happen. Okay. So they checked in, they walked into the room, they checked out, uh, they went out, they went to go meet with some friends around here, and then they were getting back, and they're trying to open the door. Yeah. And it felt like someone was, like, preventing them from coming in, like they were pushing the door against uh-huh. them. So... Yeah, it was very, very interesting. Yeah. And we have another screw in front of our door. Oh, tell her the story. Uh-oh. Come yeah, closer. Oh, come closer. I'm this recording is, uh, it. For... This is Marzia. She's playing Dahlia Reese. Oh, hi. We run into Marzia, one of the performers of Ghost of the Past. She's been staying in the hotel for a couple of days, and she's already had experiences and activity occur inside her room. Let's listen to him. Tell me what happened. Tell me what you experienced. So the first night we stayed here in the morning, we found a screw, a tiny little screw, right at the entrance of our door, like when you step in. And I know it wasn't there because I walked barefoot and like flip-flops. Right. I was like, my husband found it. He's like, what is this? I was like, weird. And then again this morning, again, we found a tiny little screw. Another one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the light in the bathroom right now when I was trying to do my hair, it went off. 
Uh-huh. And then I took it off and I tightened the light bulb thinking, okay, it'll work again. I turned it on, it worked. Then again, it went off. Whoa. <laughs> so there's definitely something going on in our room. What do, what do you think the significance of a tiny screw is? What is, do I you think? I kept it this time because he tossed the other one. Oh. I don't really, like for me, it's not really the significance. It's like, take notice of something. Yeah. Like, we want to let you know that we know that you know we're here. You know. <laughs> Got you. Because sometimes I think about it this way: if you're not sensitive or akin to tuning it in, yeah, they're gonna find ways to communicate with you. Like he says, he has bad dreams about like spirits. And, yeah. Wow. So it's easier for them to communicate through dreams. Maybe they're not actually trying to scare him, but they're yeah. just like talk trying, to me. Trying to talk to you. And yeah. That was one thing I I kind of read when I was researching the history. Just brought up yeah. what the first thing that I read was people's dreams. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess the main figure is either a young man or a younger woman and when you get closer to her she just kind of ages as you get closer to her apparently and that's it it's the dream which is odd because in the haunt experience on the projector on the stairwell (laughs) there's a visage of a woman that we project on the wall and she goes from being young and she's holding a candle to turning into an old hag oh my god so there's a lot of this that's the thing too as being the writer of the show there's been a some very strange synchronicities without really i didn't explore the ghost stories i explored the history. history yeah so when i wrote the stories i made up my own stories about ghosts and it just it's odd how parallel they all are with the things that people have said if they've experienced right um it's really fucking fascinating actually. yeah um there's a part in the script where the psychic medium says don't you want to talk to your dead nana and one of the actors said well i don't know if you know this but my nana actually passed away. my grandmother passed away and i didn't really tell anybody and so when i read that in the script and then we rehearsed it 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 hit me finally when she said those words i was like that's creepy Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's um, synchronicities <laughs> like that. But I want to see your room. Oh, okay. Let's go into yeah. my room. What room are you staying in? I'm in room eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, we Is can it... actually go up that way and stop by hers. Okay. And I'll show you mine, and then we can check out Okay. So, as we're walking, Zachariah, you could tell me what inspired you to write this piece here, especially at this location. Jacqueline actually chose the location. Okay. And I had never heard of this hotel. I've never been to Me San neither. I've only known the Whaley House down the street. Right. And so I thought when she was like San Diego, I was like, oh, it's going to be like the Whaley House or one of the like smaller homes. But she's like, no, there's a hotel there. And I was like, no way. And I looked it up and I thought, oh my God. And then I started researching the history of what's happened here. Who's This was the first city that made California. Yeah. Um, That is true. Writing the story, what I found was um, what really inspired me to write this story is the fact that we're kind of repeating history in present day. There's a connection between Spanish influenza and the current COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. Eerie, creepy, parallel worlds, you know? It's like we've overlapped our history. Absolutely. So as I wrote this story, there's some characters that represent like archetypes of people who don't give a shit about health and safety, people who are classist, people who are chaotic and messy, you know? But we're also tying in just the rich history of this building and how many people have, and souls have come through here. Yes. And the things that we're forgetting and that we're trying to ignore, which is why it's called Ghosts of the Past, because they still exist. Oh, absolutely. So that's a lot of my inspiration. So this was there in the morning. Oh, so that was it. Yeah, and then he threw it away. And then this morning again, we found another one like this. And I was like, what the heck? 
keys. Yeah, you know, this one I kept, I just put it right here. And we looked up, we're like, well, did it fall from somewhere? We're like looking at the door. That's very strange. That is very odd. And like, where did that come from? The second one, yeah. And a bobby pin actually went missing. What is the bobby pin? Like, literally, like, looped it through here, two of them. Uh-huh. And I hung it here. And it's and gone. In the morning, one of them was gone. And I looked everywhere. I took all so, this off. In my windowsill, I found a bobby pin shoved under my window. So I don't know if wow. it's yours. Probably. But it's odd that there's a bobby pin in my closed window. As we leave Marzia's room, we head on over to Zachariah's room, which is 4-5. And that's infamous haunted suites. It's two rooms turned into one, and it was the Sealy Suite. This. Yeah, I mean, you got the sun setting on the corner of the building. You've got um, just well, actually, we'll go in the actual. Okay. So you're in the four five. And Mrs. Seeley has really made her presence known in here to me. I actually felt when the first night show was over, I was kind of emotional because it was a little rough because you got to iron out all the kinks in your first night show. Oh, I know the first night show is never smooth. Yeah, Very rare I, it is. I came in here and I was by myself and I said, what did you think? And I immediately felt comforted. Aww. Like I got the stamp of approval. And then last night I felt like it was a party in here. The air was so electric and so charged. And it was like, I constantly had, look at constantly had goosebumps man i don't know what it is that every time i enter a room like i feel it right here in my chest yeah so this is tammy hi she just wants to know about the history here and i'm here saying hello this bed was one of the original beds it used to just be a queen i read there's a, a legend mm -hmm. it's just a legend that that is miss Seely on the bedpost is that true you know i don't know i feel a connection to it i feel like i even you know touched it and i was like I made this bed today. I got new bedding and new sheets, and I put the little petals. And I was like, I want to make, make it feel nice for you. No, it does. It feels very different in this room compared to my room. Mm -hmm. Like, I still feel I a pull in my chest. I stuff around and made it feel more Look like, at you. Yeah. You well, yeah, how many days were you staying here? Three? This is my last night here, so oh, I've been yeah. here three days. Yeah. And I'm just... My brother was here. He flew in from Ohio. Oh, I saw that. And he stayed here. And he said that when he was in the bathroom, he heard somebody knock on the door. Oh, my God. Wait, in this room? In this room. Oh, my God. In the, he, they knocked on the bathroom door. And we had the same experience, actually. It was like when I first got here and I was getting familiarized with whatever the presence is here, I was in the bathroom and I felt, I felt it. I don't know how to explain it. It's like I felt that someone was about to touch the door handle. It's oh. like, you know, someone's about to come up and be like, are you in there? Yeah. And that's exactly, it's made that sound like that. Oh my God. That is pretty so I'm aggressive. Sitting there, I'm, it didn't feel aggressive though. It was more just like they were letting me know that we're acknowledging each other. Do you feel like a lot of the activity that has been occurring here is just mainly to let people know, Hey, we're here. Yes. And the more we've talked about them, mm -hmm. the more things have happened. Like there was a ladder that got knocked over. Um, in the haunt area when they were setting it up, people saw it happen. I don't know who, I can't remember. Um, so what's some other stuff? We've had weird electronic malfunctions. My phone completely drained of its battery within five minutes yesterday. It was weird. Yeah, I'm bringing, I had to run up I'm here and charge it. <laughs> yeah, I had to run up here and charge it. I just bought that light. It's LED. I had, I've already had to recharge it. Well, yeah, that's sign of spirit. I mean, so, that's definitely a sign of spirit right and there. And the more bodies you have in here, the more people are talking. And look at that necklace is moving. On the, it's hanging right there. It's, Hi. It's moving. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. 
I, I, I actually really like the spirits here. They're, oh, that's, no, I'm really happy to hear. I already made my presence known to whoever or whatever's in Isadora's room, but yeah. I want to know. Like, that's the one thing I want to know because not a lot of people are 100% sure that that is Isadora. Because Isadora didn't die here. She died somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And uh, apparently the woman that they see here, they believe it's Isadora, but it could be Miss Seely. Who knows? Yes. Let's go check out your room. Let's go to my room. I want to know what you feel in there. I feel like it's, it's very active because it's closer to the mechanical room. Okay. So there's so a... More electrically. Problem. Yes. And with more electricity, it could be a magnet to other things. We head to my room and I make that assumption that maybe the cause of a lot of this energy by Isadora's room is brought about by the mechanical room. Sometimes electricity could be a major conductor. And the heavy rotation of guests and tourists coming in and out of this building could be another one as well. Along with this performance that has been occurring from Friday until Sunday. I keep on seeing something right here, but I'm thinking it's the reflection. it was the reflection of this window. Oh, what is this? This doesn't go anywhere. It goes outside, yeah. But I believe there's a parking lot right next to here. I wonder what this was. Yeah, the, I know. But yeah, the bathroom's pretty, it's very large and ample. Do you have one of these toilets in your bathroom too? With the pole chain? Yeah. Yeah, I do. They've, uh, they've tried to keep it original to how that. Another thing too that I'm wondering if a lot of this furniture has some energy to it as well. Absolutely, yeah. The thing that I've heard about this room okay. is whatever side of the bed you're on, it's like you're always gonna feel like somebody next to you. Okay. I mean, I kind of feel like nobody's in here right now. <laughs> it's just... It's like, hi. We're chilling, yeah, <laughs> yeah, chilling. So I'm curious to see what you find, but even during the show, you're in the courtyard, you might feel like Oh, I'm open to people, it. <laughs> people have said, like, I thought somebody was right behind me, but there was nobody there. Really? Yeah. Several times. So it's been happening quite often. Wow. Yeah. Well, I am excited. I'm so glad that you're here. This is exciting. Thank you for having me. I'm Absolutely. really, really excited so to be here. What, what I want to recommend is, you know, you watch your show, mm-hmm. do the walkthrough experience, which is at the exit, and then you'll go on a ghost tour with Michael. Um, he does a walking ghost tour and then he comes back to the hotel and walks through the area I just showed you that's in the hotel. Nice. Um, but he gives a lot of facts and some of the photos that he has are terrifying. No way. Yeah. One is of the cat. One is of the one I told you, the apparition. Uh Then there's one that people think is a headless apparition, but it's actually just a black mass. Wow. It's very strange. Oh, I can't wait. And they're all connected to the town or do you think to just this? They're all in this hotel. Just in this hotel. He literally said last night on the tour, he said, out of everywhere I've ever hunted or done research for in the paranormal community or field this is the most active place i've ever been wow and i really like i have a thing about anything that's made out of stone or wood yeah and it's surrounded by water or it's near water is Uh gonna have it's electrically charged it's just that's true that's what i was thinking too when i was Mm -hmm. driving here I, i saw the post on my right you'll also get some creepy footage or video if you want at night every night fog rolls in wow and it's creepy. Oh, I can't <laughs> it's like wait. You sit, you sit on the, the deck and you're just like, okay. You're, you're expecting to see shadows walk through or so it's Well, it's a good thing that uh, Zachariah didn't feel anything or anyone in that room at the time. However, I will definitely get a visitation by someone or something around 4 a.m. We head down the hallway around the balcony as we approach Beth, who's sitting outside of her room. Beth and her husband are the duo behind Scare Ventures. 
They put the screens and the scare and are pretty much responsible for the interactive haunted experience or the haunted house experience. They're the ones that are coordinating the haunted walkthrough on the first floor. Bethel explained to us soon that even though she spent 15 hours decorating the haunt experience in the bottom level of the house, she does have an unusual experience while taking one of the ghost tours. So what is your participation in the show? So Chris is my fiance. Chris is from Scare Ventures. Oh, cool. And so we did, we put together the haunt downstairs. Oh, that's so neat. A little neat. haunted experience. Yeah. Now, while putting together the haunted experience, did you guys experience any hauntings? No. Nothing? Oh, interesting. No. Um, we came and did the ghost tour. You know how all the VIPs are doing the ghost tour? Yeah. Uh, we did that on Monday night, last Monday. Okay. And um, after it was done, I didn't have any experiences in there, but I feel like it was because there was a lot of people with us. There was probably like 20, 30 of us. Yeah. And then after we were done, we were talking to another couple who were staying here. And um, they were hanging out on the stairs over here, about to go up. And uh-huh. we were at the bottom of the stairs, and I was looking up at the guy. And I saw something kind of go up the stairs behind him, like a black shadow. Oh, my God. That's the only thing I've seen so far. Um, and I was here for 15 hours on Friday decorating the rooms. Um at the beach for 15 hours. <laughs> no, I was here for 15 hours. And, uh, but I don't, nothing, like I kept thinking, like waiting for something to happen because I was yes. like in the rooms by myself, the Bandini room, like cobwebbing the table and setting up the, all the Stay stuff. all the spooks, and, yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I, you just kind of get an eerie feeling, but yeah, nothing really happened. I was kind of waiting for it and hoping and you're like, ah, it didn't happen. Yeah. I'm Maybe it will. Maybe yeah. it will. Who knows? I'm a little nervous about staying here tonight because although I'm like totally into the, all the, all everything, the all the spooky stuff, I have to work tomorrow. So we're staying here. I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to get up on, t- like I'm going to be tired because I'm not going to get any sleep. After my meeting with Zachariah and Beth, I went back to my room just to see if anything had shifted or something was out of place, but nothing. The room felt very calm, very welcoming, very comfortable. I set up more equipment around the room, my K2s, my Eddie, nothing. I sat there for 30 more minutes, laid in bed, looked over my phone, and put my shoes back on. I wanted to walk around Old Town San Diego and see the sights with whatever daylight we had left. I make my way around a corner and walk into the Whaley house. Ugh, I had so many awesome but unusual experiences at that house a few years ago when I traveled there with my husband captured some interesting anomalies on my phone. Unfortunately, the Whaley house is closed due to COVID, but you still have access to the grounds. I make my way back to the hotel where I run into Jacqueline, who's one of the heads of Witches Brew LA. She informs me that my dinner's out at nine, which gives me more time to relax, take a shower, and figure out what to wear for that night. I actually wanted to go ahead and read more about the stories in relation to the hotel along with room 11. And then I make an interesting find. We go back to legend. Actually, we need to debunk a little bit of what was presumed as to why Isadora haunts room 11. According to legend, Isadora had fallen to her death from the second story balcony, which is completely inaccurate considering that Bandini sold the house and the Seelys purchased it when it was still a one-story adobe. Isadora wasn't living there when they had the second-story balcony. That was actually added by Mrs. Seely. Isadora actually grew up to be the tender age of 63 years old, and she passed away, away from the Casa de Bandini, away from the Cosmopolitan Hotel. 
So now the biggest mystery is who or what is making their presence known in this room? Is it possible that Isadora or one of the daughters is seen in this room? Or could it be other apparitions that were associated to other businesses that were on the property? Another thing that I found out about the Cosmopolitan Hotel is that while it was vacant, throughout the 30s and 40s, it was used as a school and a jarring factory and other businesses were in and out. So there was this constant flow of people that were always in and out of this building. And now aside from the couple that had that very unusual experience to the point where it caused them to leave in the middle of the night on Saturday at 3 a.m. due to a woman whispering to them in Spanish, I tried to look for more stories in relation to room 11. I looked through the guest book and didn't find that much. Just a couple of stories of shadows in the room, hearing things move on their own while one's sleeping, even feeling the sensation of someone sitting next to you in bed or laying down with you in bed. However, there were many stories of people seeing shadows in the room, and that was something that I remember Zachariah mentioning, of what people would see throughout the entire location. And it would be something that I would most likely experience within the hours to come. I ended up getting ready. I grabbed my equipment, my mic, and my mask as I headed downstairs to the courtyard. It was perfectly lit up and decorated, ready for the 9 o'clock group. I could already tell that it's going to be a very interesting night since I could hear the haunt experience from my room with the first group that went throughout the entire first level at 6 o'clock. I managed to sneak into the first floor to see the decor and to also do a little EVP session. I did an EVP session in the room where Bandini's painting was located and I got nothing. I walked around the saloon and got this eerie feeling as if I was being watched by someone or something. Then I ran into some of the actors who were part of the haunt experience and ghosts of the past performance. I got to sit down with them as they share their experiences scaring people along with being scared by something they couldn't explain while being a part of the haunt experience. Let's sit down with the first one. I'm Peter Vasquez. I'm one of the scare actors that's inside the haunt here. Really? How long have you been a scare actor? Uh, for a very long time, since I was a young little kid. No way! Mm -hmm. So you've been scaring people since you were young? Yeah. Nothing scares you? Yeah. No. Has anything ever happened to you while you're scaring people that you couldn't explain? Yeah, I also work at the Mary for their haunt, Dark Harbor, so... Stop it! Mm -hmm. Oh my god, please give us a story because we have fans that love to hear stories about the Queen Mary. Okay, uh, first year I started there, 2011, I think I was a backup. Uh, I was working in the ship. And I forgot where I was, and I almost fell down the stairs, and somebody pulled me back and stopped me from falling down oh the stairs. Oh my god, no way. Yeah. Other crazy things is uh, one year we were in the pool area, and I took a picture, and I have two spirits in there. I had the spirit say, get the F out of here, and then the little girl say, I didn't do nothing wrong. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. How many people you think are going to be coming in and out of here? You think it's going to be packed house again? Uh, the way it is, is they, they have a dinner show, then after they're done with all that, they go through the maze and then they exit, and that's their, their event, uh, their experience here. Have you scared anyone to the point where they had to run out and leave the hotel? Uh, not yet, but, but they have run. <laughs> I have them screaming a lot, crying. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with me. So tell me, what's your name and what's your part in this little scare maze that we're about to enter shortly? My name is Jonathan Flood. I'm a Los Bandidos, and I made sure all the people come in don't come out alive. <laughs> you see, 
I'm working over by the funeral section. And so all the people come here to see Mr. David Copper, they get two bullets just like how he did. It's usually the people that don't act scared are the usual ones who scared the most. I got a couple of boys talking mad smack about us, saying we ain't real. They came to see me. They screaming like little girls running away, running on top of each other, trying to escape for their lives. Now, while you're scaring other people, have you been scared a little bit by something that you couldn't explain here? I believe I can. I was doing my routine performances, hopping in and out of the bushes, mm -hmm. and one of the workers came up and started dancing with me. That did caught me off guard, but I felt some other eyes, not just people, watching us during the performance. Like they're almost on the rafters, looking down at us on the balcony. Oh, wow. Now, have you scared someone here so bad that they left crying or running out of the building? Oh, they tried, but I didn't let them. <laughs> I wasn't done with them yet. Once I was done with them, then I let them leave. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure, certainly a little scared right now. You are looking very intimidating. You definitely are dressed up as Western, and you are very made up. You, What do you have here on your waist? Is this is your pistol right here? Si, senora. Oh. Pistola. He's ready. And he's uh, looking for some victims, guys, for another one of the wakes that are about to happen here. Well, yes, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you for interviewing me. Yeah, of course. I much appreciate it. <laughs> my name is Jacob Lewis. I'm one of the scare actors here, and I my part here is The Undertaker, which uh, I'm in charge of the mortuary, uh, overseeing the dead body, and I'm also a cannibal who also eats the dead. I mean, that's great to put on your resume, being stuff. Um, yeah, because screw being, <laughs> screw being a, a union construction worker, yeah, just do that. <laughs> Now, have you had anything um, unusual happen to you here, like before, or after, or during well, your so, scare? So far here, um, nothing until like a little bit last night, like when I was in my position, like getting ready. I felt like uh, something like like a breeze go right past me because I felt my duster move. Oh, wow. Even though I was standing perfectly still, I wasn't moving around or anything. And another experience like in life in general, this happened about maybe, maybe about 13 years ago when my grandmother passed away. I ended up flying back to Ohio for a funeral, and we stayed at, at her house because her husband at the time was still around. So I was sleeping in there, and her dog was in there, and I just, I felt some, it, it was like in, it was like fall, but it was a heated house, but I felt like a cold drift inside that room, even though the windows were all shut. So that was, that was like the one that you remember that never left your mind, that you can always go back to when you think of something otherworldly. Wow. Do you believe in, um... In an afterlife, or do you believe in ghosts? I mean, I believe in, in both. I believe in both. That's great. That's good. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking with me or standing up and talking with me. So. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for the stories. Oh, I miss being an actor. I miss theater. I remember one of the main roles is never lose character when you're on stage. And for some of these individuals that I interviewed, they certainly didn't lose character at all. I'm later led to my table, and as I'm sitting down, I'm introduced to one of the actors who portrays the character, Donald Copper. Now, he is in full character, and just as a little background, the performance of Ghosts of the Past that was written by Zachariah is to tell the stories of those who are no longer here to tell them. You see, the entire theme of Ghosts of the Past is to learn from the actions of those before, to learn from history, and to also learn from the mistakes that others have made in the past. 
In this performance, the lead character, Donald Copper, is a businessman, a business tycoon from Chicago, who moves to California and purchases the Cosmopolitan Hotel in hopes to make a big profit out of it, except that he opens it during the Spanish influenza pandemic. Now, in some of the clips you're about to listen to in regards to the performance, Donald Copper is warned not only by the historian who is played by Zachariah the Witch, but also his assistant and a medium until he learns the hard way from the ghosts. And in this performance, we learn that he buys more than just the hotel. He gets everything included, especially the haunts. So who am I sitting next to? I'm Donald Copper. I am uh, the owner and proprietor of the Cosmopolitan, the new and improved Cosmopolitan, and uh, there are no ghosts here. There's, there's no ghosts. Oh, there's none, really. Oh, it's all rumors. I've been here. I've slept here. There's no ghosts. By the way, we have a mentalist, a spiritualist coming here. She might be able to tell you a thing or two about ghosts. I don't believe in ghosts, sweetheart. <laughs> oh. Well, a lot of people here want to see some ghosts, for sure. Well, you, you, you might see them. I, 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 uh, <laughs> I hope it's for Halloween, you know. It's a very special treat tonight. Trick or treat. Exactly. So we, we might see some visitors here, maybe. We have uh, a lot of guests and a lot of special surprises. So some, some, some spirits might appear. I hope it's lady spirits. <laughs> now, have you seen a couple of these lady spirits, like with your time living here in this home or your hotel? I gotta say, no, I'm sorry. I heard, I heard things. I mean, the staff is talking. The staff says they've seen things. They, they felt things. I, I don't believe in that. I'm from Chicago. We don't believe in those things. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Chicago is a pretty haunted town, though. You've never had an experience in Chicago? We're, we're business people, sweetheart. <laughs> we're, we're, we don't deal with the spiritual world. No, 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 but... But, 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 but we might see some things here. You might see some. I mean, it is historical. You know, we have a historian coming here tonight. He's going to tell you about the spirits here. Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Well, what do you think is going to be the turnout of this night? I heard we're going to go through this maze. What do you think we're going to expect? Oh, that is the saloon. Oh, the saloon. Really? Special, yeah, we have a special saloon there. You can see, uh, you know, the, the little chapel that we have in there. And, yeah, there's all kinds of surprises. There but no ghosts. No, no ghosts? ghosts? Okay, I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to it. Well, you can come see me later and, and tell me if you saw something. <laughs> if you feel something, I don't know. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me. So after my meeting with Donald Cooper, I sit down and begin to have dinner. It's actually really good salad and a nice little steak. Food's great. The company's actually wonderful, along with the performance that is about to begin. I'm noticing that the scare actors are actually walking around the grounds. They're walking around the balcony. They're interacting with the guests, kind of scaring the guests. The whole purpose of tonight's event. And as I'm sitting there eating, we are introduced to the historian, who is played by Zachariah the Witch, as he starts to talk about the history in the performance and what the performance entails. Next story, does anybody know about the history of this part of town, any of the outlaws? Anybody got a name comes to mind? Yes, Yankee Jim, you know your history. Yankee Jim was kind of a dick, not gonna lie. <laughs> he harassed this town over and over again until the public, not the authorities, the public, 
had enough of them. So what did they do? They dragged him. They dragged him out into the street, strung him up by his neck, and he was hung until he was dead, along with his six companions that he traveled with on the railway, robbing people. So, social justice, pretty good. Here. Here, here. So, this building has seen a lot of changes. The facade has pretty much stayed the same due to Mr. Albert Seeley. A lot of the parties have been the same. And as a historian, that's what I find odd. Every owner of this property, of every building that's been here has tried to maintain this idea of public gatherings, large parties, entertaining people with money. It was never really about community, it was about impressions. Right, Mr. Copper? Here, here. So, we found a lot of repetition, a lot of parallels. It's also pretty interesting that there were circuses that came from here, there were uh, bear and bullfights that came through here. Bear and I swear to God, Michael, there must be a beat between your ears. So we had a lot of things that happened over the course of time. We had a lot of enriching history, but as California became California, and we shoved out the indigenous people, we shoved out the native people of Mexico, and we decided to just say, this is ours now. Right, Mr. Copper? Um, it fell into disrepair again. The corner of this building actually collapsed after about 30 years after Mr. Seeley couldn't maintain it, either with his son, his son committed suicide, and maybe he'll see his ghost walking around. But I also want to point out, it's only 1919. Just last year, we escaped with our lives from the Spanish influenza pandemic. I mean, that's why we're still wearing these, right? That's why we have to be cautious, that's why we have to maintain our distance, but it's quite interesting to me that every owner and every proprietor of this space has gone through some type of hardship or has gone through some type of lesson that they continue to not learn. I mean, it's fairly recent that this city was rocked. There was only 60,000 people living here and over 400 people died. That is a huge margin for our time. We lived the prime of our lives here. You know, Mr. Copper, I, I could rest assured I could tell you there are some souls down at the cemetery nearby here that would want you to live the types of lives that they now do not get to live. While you sip your cocktails and eat your nice, fine, exquisite meals. And you forget about all the things that have happened here, all the buildings that have been built over, all of the buildings that have burnt down, all of the merchants that lost work, all of the families without housing, all of the people without jobs. Freeloaders! You call them freeloaders. Some of them were soldiers who fought for your rights and your civil liberties. Some of them were people who came here from other countries seeking refuge. And what did we do to them? We shoved them in factories and gave them shitty jobs. Oh, thank you so much. Or what is it you said? You got them off the street and yeah, you put them right. in the Right, rehabilitation. <laughs> so what I just want to tell you as the historian here is not trying to make this a downer, but reality and the facts are the facts. Please learn from the history of this property, from the oldest city in the state of California, the first city in California. Learn from the ghosts of the past. Do not allow history to repeat itself. I thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.
Learn from the ghosts of the past. Don't allow history to repeat itself. It's something that should always be repeated, especially in today's climate. And yet I still walk with this notion that I fear the living more than I fear the dead. The performance still continues as we have an introduction to the spiritualist that makes it on stage. Which is funny because it wasn't until this point that I feel this weird sensation on the right side of my arm. I timestamped it and recorded what I felt immediately. Here's what I reported. Is there anything else? Time stamping, I felt a weird shift of energy or wind by my right arm. As I was watching the show, I felt this unusual gust of wind that rushed right past my right arm. I remember this feeling distinctly. It was the same feeling I had when I was in the Myrtle's plantation. I remember standing in the middle of the parlor and it felt really warm in the middle of that parlor. I just remember that. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I felt this gust of wind brush against my right arm. Not once, but twice. It felt like someone was rushing right past me. And I felt that same exact sensation as I was sitting in the courtyard eating my dinner and watching the show. I turned around thinking, oh, it's it's probably one of the servers. They were running all over the place. But as I looked around, I didn't see anyone around me. Only the couple sitting behind me, but they were sitting seven feet away. It was certainly strange. I can't explain it, but I remember hearing similar stories about this happening days prior, especially to patrons who were sitting down. There were even people who said that they've had their shoulders touched, their hair brushed through, and at times it felt like someone was brushing up against them. The spiritualist Dahlia finishes her performance, and finally, we're able to get up and get ready for the haunt experience. Alright, so you're about to enter the haunt experience. What you are going to experience means please do not touch anything. Do not take photos or video, okay? We ask that you walk very calmly through the space. Pay your visits and your, pay your respects to the portrait on the left of the rope. Just walk right up to it and say hello. Ladies, you might feel your hair be touched or something on the back of your neck. That might be Mr. Banditti's spirit saying hello to you. We love ladies. And then you might see the spirit of Miss Isadora, the daughter of Mr. Bandini on the stairs. I'm not sure. She might make an appearance tonight. She's been there quite frequently. Does anybody have any questions? Do you understand? I'm going to try to put you in groups of four to six at a time, so you might be walking with strangers, so that means don't take your mask off, okay? Maintain your distance. Did everybody have a good time? Wonderful. Thank you so much. Now here's where things get very, very odd. And this has happened to me once before in a very active place. As I was trying to retrieve the rest of the audio of the haunted experience and the tour of Old Town San Diego with Michael Lynn, who heads those tours, I remember that the audio was recording. I remember seeing it record. I remember seeing the red blinking light that says record and trying to retrieve the audio and the playback, it would not play back for some reason right when I hit 
the haunted experience, the audio just is completely silent. It is played. You could see the timestamp. I recorded close to almost an hour of audio of the haunted experience and the ghost tour and nothing's coming out. And this is exactly what happened to me when I went to David Omen's house when OC Ghosts and Legends were there doing their ghost hunt and investigation with Dixie Tantardini. And I even remember her saying that whenever she does interviews or whenever interviews are conducted in a highly active place, the audio tends to mess up or not record or you get a lot of white noise, which is pretty much what happened in my case. So what I can do pretty much is to go over just a couple of the famous stops that Michael Lynn took us around Old Town San Diego up until the moment that I woke up in my room at 4.15. So I guess we could go ahead and start with those stories right now. Now let's cue the creepy music. Ah, that's so much better. So the first stop of our ghost tour with Michael Lynn is actually right across the street from the Cosmopolitan Hotel. And it's the Wells Fargo Museum. It's a two-story structure that was the reconstructed Colorado house. And it's actually in the heart of Old Town San Diego State Historic Park. And it was known to be San Diego's first two-story hotel. It actually has the original stagecoach and it also carries a variety of Wells Fargo's memorabilia that dates back to the 1800s, along with other collectibles and apparel. Now, according to Michael, the structure actually holds a lot of activity and patrons on his ghost tours have in real time witnessed an apparition of an old woman standing on the second floor window of the Wells Fargo building or an apparition of a man that's standing next to the stagecoach. At times, they're usually captured on camera, but those are the two main apparitions that are commonly seen at the structure. Now, they don't know if it's related to the structure itself or maybe some of the items inside the museum since the museum does hold a lot of vintage and antique items, the stagecoach definitely being one of them. And that's something I always wonder too, and I've asked Michael on the tour, do you think a lot of these places in Old Town San Diego that try to live up to, I guess, the error or the look of Old Town, they carry a lot of antique items and furniture within these structures, especially the Cosmopolitan. And he believes that those things could harbor a lot of energy and attachments. So finally, we make our way to the Whaley House. I was actually excited for this stop. Now, this is a very unique house. It was built in 1857 by Thomas Whaley. This old house definitely has many a tale to tell. It's named the most haunted house in America by Life Magazine and the Travel Channel and of course the Baggins. Now it is just said that there's more than 30 spirits that roam the halls of the Old Town Mansion, including the Whaley's, Thomas, Anna, their daughter, Violet, along with their great-granddaughter, Marion, and their fox terrier, Dolly Varden, along with Yankee Jim Robinson, who was hanged on the grounds in 1852. His heavy boots can be heard clomping through the house. And it's actually pretty interesting because his ghost started haunting the Whaley's since they built their home just a few years after he was hanged on the property. 
Now, I've had personal experiences. My husband has experiences while taking the haunted tour at the Whaley House when it was opened. And we had collected a series of images of anomalies and orbs, things that we cannot explain, but the house certainly has a mind and a life of its own. To me, it is the biggest ghost of the past. Now, if you think that that's where all the spooks and the ghost stories stop, then you're wrong. It just keeps on getting more and more creepy. We make our way to El Campo Santo Cemetery, which is a very unique cemetery, one of the oldest in San Diego, of course. Now, this cemetery was built back in 1849 and it was used all the way up till 1880. And it's literally just a few blocks away from the Whaley House. It was founded as a Catholic cemetery and um, today only 477 of the original graves are still visible and it is said that the burial ground is only a fraction of what it used to be. And here we go again with the theme echoing in my mind of ghosts of the past as I'm listening to the history of El Campo Santo Cemetery. You seem all seemed well until the city began to grow and the needs of the living seemed to supersede the respect for the dead. So when the people in San Diego saw a need for more roads, several graves were removed and relocated and a horse-drawn streetcar line was constructed that ran right through the cemetery. And then later the same streetcar line became a modern road. Many graves were just paved over, leaving the souls of the dead trapped underneath this road. Now, what began to happen next is the reason paranormal experts have continuously investigated El Campo Santo Cemetery, especially Michael Lynn. Now, according to Michael, residents and business owners in the surrounding areas of the cemetery have reported witnessing disturbing poltergeist events inexplicable electrical outages, lights going on and off, and appliances and alarm systems going off for no reason at all. Could possibly the spirits of those whose bodies were so grossly disrespected crying out? Now visitors to the area have also been spooked by their car alarms going off or being unable to start their vehicles when they park in the lot in front of the graveyard. Another sign that the souls of the dead probably are still not happy that you parked your car on top of them. I'm also going to be real. If you ever park your car over my grave, expect the check engine light to be permanently on. It is also said that the spirit of Yankee Jim Robinson roams around the cemetery as well. Witnesses have recounted seeing other apparitions, some dressed in period costumes, others that seem to glide above the graves, then disappear as they are approached. Freezing cold spots and floating orbs, flashes of lights, and shadowy figures have also been reported. And Michael has even pointed out that patrons of his tours have captured orbs and shadow figures on the cemetery grounds. We finally make our way back to the Cosmopolitan Hotel, and I guess for Michael Lynn, he saves the best for last as he dives into the ghost stories of the hotel itself. He says out of all the structures and buildings that he's investigated, the Cosmopolitan Hotel ranks top on his list. Now, he goes on to share the same stories that I shared before from other patrons. 
And I even shared with him the story of the couple that had originally stayed in room 11 and had immediately checked out. Now towards the end of the tour, Michael takes his group throughout the first part of the hotel, which is through the parlors and the saloon, and he allows his guests and patrons to take pictures. And he asks if anyone has captured anything because it seems like every single group he takes through the saloon or even the parlor of the hotel always has a few patrons who have captured full body apparitions and or orb anomalies. After we do the walkthrough of the saloon and the parlor of the Cosmopolitan Hotel, he takes out his iPad and he shares these images that will forever haunt my mind and not allow me to sleep well in my room from then on out in the Cosmopolitan Hotel. The first image that he shows us is one that was captured of a young lady who was sitting in the saloon. She's looking at the camera and behind her is a full body apparition of what they believe to either be Juan Bandini or Mr. Seeley in an 1800s suit but you can't see his face, it's completely blurred out and that man was standing behind the bar. And according to Michael and the people of that group, no one was standing behind the bar when that picture was taken. The second image that Michael shares with the group is that of the ghost cat. So he actually captured the image of the ghost cat sitting in the parlor and it looks like this little silver form of a cat sitting right in the middle of the parlor, just doing its cat business. And then finally, he ends the tour showing us this creepy photograph of what looks like to be a full body apparition sitting between a couple in the parlor. And it looked as though it was an apparition of a schoolmaster. It was a woman dressed in period garb, but it was so disturbing because the face was completely and eerily blurred out with black mist it was just so odd the photograph and you can clearly tell that it was a woman and it looked like she was a teacher not to mention at one point the building the structure did act as a school so by the end of the tour we roamed around the outer part of the hotel it turned out that one of the Patrons of the group actually captured a orb-like anomaly in one of the rooms of the first floor. And as we departed, Michael wished me good luck staying in room 11. The time is already... 1am. I had just did a personal walkthrough and investigation on my own in the first level of the saloon and the two parlors. I didn't capture anything. I didn't even get any EVPs. It was actually quite silent. I make my way back to my hotel room and notice that the guests in room 10 are still up. I already been told by Dean that there's a couple staying in the room next door to me. I start to unwind and I take a hot shower. I get ready for bed and I lay in bed with my iPad and actually the lamp on the nightstand. 
I can't go to sleep without any music or something playing in the background, so I play a show on Netflix and I finally doze off around 1.30, 1.40. Now here's where things get pretty strange and unexplainable. I wake up abruptly at 4.15 in the morning. With ringing in my ears, it felt as though my ears were popping. I guess to best describe the sensation is when you're in a plane and you're about to take off and your ears feel like they're about to pop. That is exactly how my ears felt. I sat up with this need to pop them for some reason. As I sat up in bed, I noticed the atmosphere and the environment in the room was completely different as before. It felt very heavy and weighted. It felt almost pressurized. I can't explain it. I sat in bed and for some reason, my focal point goes directly to the door of my room. I instantly noticed the shadow zip from the left side of the door frame and across the room to the opposite side. I can't explain it. My head was trying to process exactly what I just saw. I was even looking around the room to see if there were any insects, and I looked directly at the lamp to see if there were any flies or moths that were flying around the light, and there was absolutely nothing. But I just, for some reason, looked across the room to see this shadow zip from that door frame to across the opposite end of that room. And that was something that I remembered Zachariah and others mentioning in their experiences staying in the hotel is that you'll see shadows. I sat there for a couple more minutes trying to process and I finally grabbed my phone and recorded this. Okay, it's about um, 4, 417, 418 and I just woke up to... I don't know what, my ears just started ringing and I have this weird pressuring sensation, especially in my right ear. It feels a little, I don't know how to explain it, but heavy or pressurized in this room. Like my ears feel like they're about to pop. And I just, I just noticed on the front door of this hotel room that I just saw his shadow zip from the left side of the door to the opposite end of the room. Okay, um, see my light's on, I have my iPad on, because the hotel room doesn't have a TV. I fell asleep to the light, and the iPad, there's no flies, there's no insects that could cross that lamp. Um, hay alguien aquí conmigo? Is there someone here with me? Um, can you tap on something or knock just to let me know that you're here? Isadora, if that's you, thank you. You woke me up from a very deep sleep. Um, but... Now it's time for me to go back to bed. Sorry, guys. I'm like, I'm like, I just woke up from a very deep sleep and I just out of nowhere and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ready to go back to bed now. <laughs> All right, Isadora. Um, I'm going to go lay back down. I'm going to keep this lamp on because that shadow kind of freaked me out. 
But no matokes, okay? And good night or good morning. Alright, guys. It is, I swear, it is a different feeling in this room. It is definitely different from when I went to bed at 1.30 to now when I woke up. I ended up waking up around 9.45 and the atmosphere and the air in the room was definitely different. In the recording, you can hear the AC going off in the background, so sorry for that white noise. But definitely the pressure and the atmosphere in that room at 4.15 or 20 was definitely, definitely different. I can't explain how that shadow manifested in that room, but it definitely shook me that night. But not to the point where it would make me get up and leave in the middle of the night. However, when I went back to sleep, I had this very unusual dream. And I shared this dream with Zachariah. It was very, very brief. It was very quick. I dreamt that we were all in the saloon, having a good time, drinking, laughing, just everyone who participated in Ghosts of the Past. And sitting in the middle of the saloon was Juan Bandini himself. And then I woke up. Who knows? Maybe it's just my mind playing tricks on me. Or maybe it was Juan himself trying to say hello in my dreams. As I was laying in bed, I opened up my phone and opened up my messages on Instagram and noticed that Michelle, who had stayed in the same room Saturday night, had messaged me with her experiences. And they certainly gave me a ton of goosebumps. Now, according to Michelle, during her overnight, she did bring her cat with her. Now, according to her message, the cat kept running into the bathroom and crying. This was about from 2.30 to 4.30 in the morning. I finally shut the door and she could cry in the corner by the front door. We were really freaked out by that time in the morning, so we just started recording. I've yet to review, but we talked a bit to whoever might be there. I'll let you know if we hear things. We will review the recordings tonight, just some of it. However, the EMF meter at this time spiked super high and then died and never came back on. Christine used it earlier with no readings. We did go for a walk around with the cat too. I just had to get out of the room. It was so heavy in the back area, yeah? Weirdly, Christine, who normally cannot function without eight hours of sleep, was up at 2.32 and wanted to go out walking. She's never like that. She says she's still skeptical, but she also said that she was wide awake. Conclusion. The Cosmopolitan Hotel. Is it haunted? I believe so. With just enough time and energy and so much rotation of people coming in and out, its history and its haunted history, it definitely has a mind of its own. The hotel itself will decide when and to whom it will speak to. But if you ask me, I think the biggest ghost of the past is the hotel itself. And if you just listen, it does have a story to tell.
This has been episode 70 of Ghosts of the Past with Zachariah the Witch and Witches Brew LA. We want to say a huge, huge thank you to everyone, the staff at the Cosmopolitan Hotel, to Zachariah the Witch, to Jacqueline of Witches Brew LA, to Witches Brew LA itself. Thank you guys so much for inviting us and having us stay the night at the Cosmopolitan Hotel. We also want to say a huge thank you to Beth and Kevin of Scare Ventures, along with the scare actors that we interviewed. And of course, Michael Lind of San Diego Ghost Tours. Thank you guys so much. You guys did an amazing job. And also the ghosts and spirits of the Cosmopolitan Hotel. Even though we didn't have much time to communicate, you definitely made your presence known. If you want to learn more about ghosts of the past, then head on over to witchesbrewla.com to find out more information. Their next performance or their interactive experience will be held at Heritage Square this coming weekend, the weekend of Halloween. I highly recommend that you guys go and participate, support Zachariah the Witch and Witches Brew LA. Speaking of Zachariah the Witch, please go and learn more about Zachariah, our friend at ZachariahTheWitch.com. You can also follow him on Instagram as well at Zachariah the Witch. To learn more about the Cosmopolitan Hotel or to book a stay, then head on over to OldTownCosmopolitan.com. Now, if you like this episode and you like Hollywood Paranormal, then please rate us and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It would truly help us out a lot. It helps us indie podcasters become a little more visible. Now, if you want to learn a little bit about our podcast and about myself and Bryce Mitchell-Williams, then you can head on over to hollyweirdparanormal.com. If you're interested in supporting our podcast, Hollyweird Paranormal Podcast, and you want to be a Hollyweird producer, then you can be one by becoming a Patreon member. You can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Hollyweird Paranormal, and there you can actually learn more about our Patreon page, about how to contribute and support Hollyweird Paranormal Podcast for as little as $1 or more per month, for one month, two months, three months, four months, however many months you want to donate, a little does go a long way. You'll be able to help produce Hollyweird Paranormal. You'll be gifted with stickers, magnets, and coasters, and you'll also get a shout out on our episode. You'll automatically be inducted into our secret podcast society of Saturday Night Ghost Club, where we share true ghost stories that I collect from people off the street, from acquaintances and friends. It is definitely worth listening to, and it definitely makes you sleep with more than one night late on for sure. Feel free to stalk us on social media. You can find us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Hollywood Paranormal, on Twitter at HWP Podcast as well. And if you want to share a ghost story of your own and have it read on one of our Listener's Tales episode, then you can send it over our way to hollywoodparanormal at gmail.com. Okay, we have a couple of shout outs that we definitely want to make right now. We have a few that we want to make for our new Patreon members, our new Hollywood producers, Lori Billing. Jeanette Frazier and Mary McChesney. Thank you guys so much for signing on to our Patreon. Please let us know if you haven't received your goodie bag. 
And a huge shout out to Aria Costa of Mercado Poco a Poco for mentioning Hollywood Paranormal on her Instagram and website. I was just interviewed by Aria recently for Mercado Poco a Poco. You can find them at www.mercadopocoapoco.com. And I believe the blog is under Latinx AF. And it was such an honor and pleasure to be interviewed and to be a part of that blog. Thank you so much, Aria Costa. You're definitely our paranormal sister from another mista. We also want to give a big shout out to Nathan Murphy. He's going to get married soon. We hope that him and his partner have a wonderful matrimony. And we just want to say congratulations, Nathan, and we adore you. Okay, friends, till next time, always remember to take care of yourselves, check in with one another, and to always stay holly weird. We'll leave you with the rest of Mi Pueblo. Mi pueblo tan querido